Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete. I'm Kerry Rouse, and I travel to racetracks around the U.S., where I interview members of the racing community and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. I'm here with Matt Forbush, and we're in his RV here at Coda, and we're doing the GT World Challenge. And um, uh, you're racing for Skip Barber right now, but I know that um, they're, you're racing with your cars, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, over the past three, two, three years, I've had a, a full race team myself, uh, rig and all that kind of stuff. And it turned pretty quickly from a <laughs> hobby to a... Um, to a second full-time job to the point that was almost pulling some from my full-time job. Yeah. Um, for a while, I didn't think I was going to drive this year. I was just going to take a year off and, and, and um, kind of keep everything in the shop. Uh, sold the rig and stuff because it was, every those things were selling like crazy right now. So I sold some of the uh, the transportation equipment um, and, and bumped into Joe and Anthony uh, and kind of were able to strike something up to where I could put my cars and, and under their tent and happy to be really proud to be associated with Skip Barber and, and the legacy and that comes with them and Anthony and Joe are doing an amazing job there and so it was a great seamless transfer I mean we transferred all the knowledge that we've accumulated on this super over the last couple of years yeah. which we've spent a lot of work and stuff and actually I'm happy to put it back on track because this year we're finally uh, in the window between the Evo kit and the super and all the engineering and stuff we've done over the last couple of years uh, Skip Barber took uh, my team, my guys, my uh, lead uh, car chief uh, with me, or with them, excuse me. And so we're able to transfer all this knowledge and stuff. So it was, it was great on both ends. I think it was a turnkey GT4 program for them, mm -hmm. which is ideal. Uh, yeah. GT4 programs aren't hard to put together, aren't easy <laughs> to put together because there's so much to go into the cars. And for me, it's obviously it's great to be back in the car and stay in the car. Uh, and that's a ton of fun and it also feels really good whether I was in the car or not just to see the all the hard work and progress we put into the car over the last couple of years um, come to fruition I mean our first race out at Sonoma we got our uh, finished second which is my first time on a pro podium after a lot of work and stuff like that so really happy to, to keep the momentum going awesome and that's what we're doing right now how, how big is the, how big is the class for you guys right now yeah so it's it's yeah, I've raced some in IMSA and I've raced some here. Uh, this is by far the best racing, I think, the formats and everything. I mean, uh, IMSA is a two-hour enduro where you have to do pit stops and stuff, but you have one shot at it. A lot more, a lot, a lot of strategy going into it and, and things of that nature. I love the SRO format because it's two races, uh, two chances to get on the podium. Yep. Um, doesn't take the complexity from an operational standpoint with, with fuel changes and things of that nature, tire changes. Um, and the fields are awesome. I mean, you get 42 cars, um, 42 GT4 cars. So I mean, it's it's. I mean, I think it's by far the most popular class in sports car racing right now. And then amongst that 42 cars, 42 is the last entry. I don't know exactly what this one is, but over 40. Yep. Um, amongst those, you've got three classes. So you've got Pro Am, which is what I'm at with Carter, Carter being a pro and myself being the amateur. Yeah. Um, then you have silver, which is all silver drivers, uh, which is effectively pro-pro. Okay. Um, and then you have AMM, 
which is all bronze droppers, so bronze, bronze. Um, as tight as these cars are, though, I mean, either a silver or a pro-am, depending on how the caution flag is always going to be, it's going to win the overall. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, and then the AMs are going to finish top 10 overall, but at the end of the day, when we're out there racing, I think there's like 17 cars in my class, give or take, and when I'm racing out there, there's a lot that goes into my mind is, you know, how much time's left in my stint, how much left at the end of the race, how much do I want to race with this guy, do I want to let him buy, I mean, do I want to yeah. get by, do I need to get by them, and not just the car that I'm potentially battling with that may not be in class, but then how much of a buffer are they between the next car, you know, yeah. if there's a silver car that comes up behind me, more often than not, I'm going to let him buy and follow him and stay in his line, you know, yeah. Yeah. um, now, if it's a pro-am car, obviously, they're staying behind me. And, and, <laughs> and there's some faster ams than me out there, too. So, I mean, I, I take that into account a lot. There's no reason to slow my times down and, to, and, and, and decrease the delta between me and the next car in class. So yeah. there's a lot of kind of thought that goes into that as well. Yep. So having owned a team for a, a couple of years, help, help people who are listening, like, it's not easy, right? <laughs> like, what are some gotchas <clears throat> that people just don't think about? Yeah, I mean, it's it's... Initially, it's the equipment. I mean, there's all kinds of things you wouldn't think about that you need. I mean, different types of hoses. I mean, just stuff that you have to have readily available. And there's really not like a punch list that you can give somebody. So, okay, go get this and you'll be good. <laughs> no, you just kind of accumulate the junk over time. Right? Yeah. And you got scales and you got, uh, you know, the transportation is one of the biggest things. I mean, I went, when I got into the DOT realm, in the DOT paperwork and everything to get an 18 wheeler around is a nightmare. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's its own, like, uh, that almost takes a, a whole transportation person itself to get those permits up and running. Um, finding good people is obviously very, very hard yeah. uh, in today's climate. It's a really, everybody that runs, especially in these classes, when you get to GT4 and up, really especially, I mean, they're all flying guys. I can't go find, I can't go hire guys in Memphis yeah. to, to work on the race car. They're going to fly in from somewhere. Paul's from Cincinnati actually got him a car because he was driving to and from Memphis so much. Oh, wow. Um, and he's been great with the car. I have Tyler who flies in from um, from Charlotte, and that works out well because they just they kind of go work at Skip Bar, but they still come help me do some other stuff at the shop too. But people, obviously, first and foremost, is hard to find. Um, but the equipment, I think, that you really get into, like versus just arrive and drive, the equipment and the licensing that goes with that and I mean it, it piles up quickly yeah um, thousand dollars here thousand dollars there scales for thirty thousand dollars I mean um, and it all now that being said it all I started with TCA car I had a, I do some historic racing with the vintage car my dad won Sebring in I've done some Miata stuff obviously it's where everybody starts at so it all also um, is predicated on the level of driving you're doing right I mean yeah, there's a budget. Yeah, for I mean, I could have, I've got a 24-foot trailer. I'd keep to transport cars around. I could go do some SCCA vintage racing uh, or Miata stuff in that easily, yeah. you know. Um, but it's just a matter of kind of what level you're at. Yeah, yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about, um, you, you mentioned to me, you know, you haven't you have been racing for like two or three decades. Mm -hmm. But so how, tell me a little bit about your experience, maybe how you get started. First yeah. time you jumped in a car. So I always had a huge passion for racing. My stepfather, uh, he was an oral surgeon by trade, but he also was a uh, Mazda factory driver back in the 80s and 90s. So he won the Rolex like four times and Sebring, I think three. 
he owned and operated his own team too through Mazda. Uh, so I grew up at the track around that IMSA in the late 90s, like I think some of the coolest cars ever, like the Gurney <laughs> Toyotas and stuff, I mean, the coolest cars ever. Uh, I grew up around that and always had aspirations of racing. Um, played football in college and stuff though, so I never got into karting or anything like that. Uh, but even just by virtue of growing up with them, we always had four wheelers and jet skis and side by sides and always kind of going fast and something, you know. Yeah. Uh, but never properly got into any sort of race car until four, five, four or five years ago. Uh, I'd, I'd been kind of playing around with the side by side out at a, at a farm in Memphis, and I was like, you know, my my brother, um, said brother Chad Bacon and Caleb, they they race. Um, they, they come from a, they've been racing for a long time. So they taught me into getting a Miata. So I sold my side-by-side -side and got a Miata, which was close to an even trade, just to yeah. tell you how cheap you can get into racing for. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's not bad. And then you, know, you, know, you got about an aim since last $2,000. Tires are 800 bucks a set. It all adds up. But yeah. at any rate, I got tired of playing around and always talked about how I wanted to do it, and I just did it. So I got that. Um, I got the Miata. I went to racing school. I got my SCCA provisional license, and my first event was with 45. I don't know if I even tested me on. No, my first time in the car was in the race weekend, an SCCA weekend at VR, where it was pouring the rain. Oh gosh! Uh, so I was, and I was still surprisingly fast for some, some people. So at any rate, I've always <laughs> kind of had a knack for driving stuff, but never properly done it. Did Miata for a year. Did. Um, TCA car for a year, a Hyundai Velocitor, uh, and then got the Super, so third, fourth. This will actually be my fifth year. Last year I wasn't even able to race the full season because I had so many obligations coming up as the owner, yeah. <laughs> the sponsors and things yeah. of that nature. Um, so really four and a half seasons-ish. That's awesome. So um, you'll be, I mean, I know you're, sounds like you're busy, you got a full-time gig, still going to try to fit in all the races for the rest of the season? Oh yeah, no, we'll do a full season and, um, you know, it's funny where you can run these cars really super competitively in, in North America, which is kind of IMSA or SRO on the pro level. Uh, SRO has a very reasonable, manageable schedule, I feel like. I mean, seven races. Uh, mm -hmm. I, without having any of the team obligations, it's pretty straightforward. I uh, have somebody drive the bus in, I fly in, and yeah. I can work out of here during the days. Uh, I've got a office back there have full internet and stuff so this is just kind of my office and I go hop in the car in between sessions nice um, and only seven weekends is not as strenuous with the family and actually they're able to kind of come to a lot of the events too um, that's the difference between that and that and that and ten weekends and all the testing goes between is, is kind of almost two different lifestyles as yeah. far as what you got to do um, so this is manageable it's still a lot of time away a ton of effort ton of work and a ton of fun too remind me where you're from I live in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay, so all right. Grew up uh, at Kingsport, but I live in Memphis now. Um, so you've been to a few tracks. Mm -hmm. uh, any any favorites you get? Yeah, I think I think my favorite track is Road Atlanta, which unfortunately we don't go to in this series. Um, I, I just there's something I love about that track. I really love the braking going into uh, 10AB, um, and it's fast. It's just I just love Road Atlanta. So there's that one. I think I write. I like Road America a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Road America is beautiful too. It is. Um, it is. So it's a very close second to Road Atlanta. Okay. Um, and then I love Watkins Glen mostly for the views up there. Stuff is beautiful. I mean, it's a fast, flowy track, and I'm mm -hmm. honestly haven't ever done that great there. But I I think it's 
more than the track, I just really enjoyed being in Watkins Glen. Like, just yeah, being I, up there and being able to look out and see the lake from everywhere. It's beautiful. I've not been there. I've heard great things about it, so i got to go check it out. Yeah. Um, any bucket list tracks that you haven't been to that you really want to get to? Well, in North America, um, or in, in the States, I should say, I still haven't gotten on it at Laguna Seca. We raced out there, but I didn't race. As, I was there as a team owner, so i got to get on Laguna Seca. I don't see, foresee that a bucket list track because I'll... I'll get there at some point. I think um, I would be, uh, I think it'd have to be Lamont probably. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the cooler events I've gotten to do up to date is I ran in Nashville uh, last two years. Uh, SRO GT America was one of the support series for um, the, the Music City Grand Prix with mm -hmm. the IndyCar guys. And I lived in Nashville for about 10 years and used to drive over that bridge and back. So to be able to go over like 150 miles an hour, you know, <laughs> racing, I had all kinds of friends there and stuff, and there's a huge crowd anyway. So that was a really, both years, was a really cool experience and event to be a part of. Um, and, and honestly, that's the kind of thing that's a true bucket list because I was going to, whether my team, I was going to find a way to get into that because I'm from Nashville and those are the really cool tracks. Like if I could run a support series in Miami or something like that or Vegas. Yeah. Those are the ones that you cannot get on. Yeah. Except, you know, the street courses, I think, are what are really cool and unique. Yeah. Um, so anytime I've got an opportunity to get on a new street course, I like to because that is the real bucket list stuff that you can't do any, any way other than, than being entered in a race. There. Right. Yeah. Um, what about maybe your best memory for a race? I mean, maybe it even wasn't a win, but it's just you'll never forget it. Um, I mean, right now, I, I teared up at, at, at Sonoma when I first got my first uh, um, podium there because I just worked so hard for so long. And it took a little bit of a break for us, actually. I didn't even think, I didn't think anything but caution laps. Don't care. I deserved as much as anybody else because we had a quick car and um, the way everything filtered through, that's just how it worked out. But that was by far my best memory, um, to, is to give a little validation to all the work we've done. Yeah. for so long um other than that the most embarrassing memory i have was right here at coda <laughs> and i had oh uh, makes me cringe thinking about it <laughs> had all kind of, because we had some really good sponsorship we had a relationship with cmr roofing who's out of here and um built a great relationship with them over the previous two years to where they sponsored both cars full season last year which was awesome wow. but two years ago my first year in the super so second race in, in a gt4 car not having driven much of anything else other than this or prior to this coming to the start finish line towards tail of the field anyway and spin out <laughs> coming to the green flag and i've got a sweet rented with oh. all kinds of people and stuff and i mean it would have been wet and i didn't get enough heat in the tires and so yeah spinning coming to the start of a race was pretty that was pretty rough especially with the suite full of people sitting right yeah. there straight away watching oh, I, just, I couldn't that was a bad weekend oh my <laughs> um so what's been the most fun to drive so far? So I've got, obviously the Super's a blast. And I haven't, honestly, I haven't been in a ton of different race cars simply because I mm -hmm. don't like driving. I'm worried about wrecking somebody else's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I like stuff to be mine when drive. So I've driven some TCA stuff. Uh, the most, the coolest car I've driven by far though is I've got my dad's RX-7 that was built in 87. Somebody historically refurbished it to sell it like uh, for historic racing because it had so much of a legacy and history to it and I surprised him and bought it. I found out that it was out there and I bought it and surprised him but he and I got to, uh, that's by far the coolest car, it won Sebring and I think came in second Daytona a handful of times. He had another car he built that won Daytona four times with the same chassis in GTU. Oh wow. 
uh, and actually that's another one of my most fond memories. He and I and my brother got to do the historic 24, all three of us in the car, you know, 1987 RX-7. And it's fast. I mean, not much not much of a roll cage in it, but it's faster than the Super for sure. I mean, it's going 175, 180 around Daytona. Uh, <laughs> and it sounds so cool. Um, so that's by far the coolest car I've driven. And, and one of my more fond memories too, to be able to get in the car with him and, and share that for that race. What, what's kind of your big aspirations for racing, do you know? or? Yeah, I mean, I think that I loved, as much as I complain about, I shouldn't say complain, but as much as, as much work as the team owner aspect of things is, I really, really enjoy that. I just don't have time to serve that in my other job. So, you know, if I ever get to a point where I can, it's a software company, so if I ever sell a software company, uh, there's a lot of people doing like to do, then I'm, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to being a team owner, and that will be my full-time job, cool. uh, to be a team owner and and own a, a race team that races professionally here. I also realize that to, to do that aspect of things and the sponsorship and everything that goes with it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, my daydream is I'd have a two-car team. Uh, one would be pro-pro because -pro, I, I realize where I am <laughs> as a driver, and I'm quick for an am, but I'm still an am. So I'd like to have a you know pro-pro and then a pro-am team with yeah. myself. But I want a car that can get out there and have every shot in the world to win overall. Yep. Um, and my, my, my by far, 100% biggest aspiration is to win the Rolex 24, uh, you know, GTD. Uh, the, the P2 cars are pretty cool, and I mean, a lot of that kind of comes down to budget, really. Yeah. And honestly, you can do a P2 for less than a GTD car these days. Um, P3 still run there, I don't know how long they'll run there or not. But anyway, somehow or another, find a way to win the Rolex and go back to own a own team. Cool, that's awesome. How, what, would, what advice would you give to people who are just trying to start out and you know maybe they're um i don't know you're, they're not a teenager right they're, mm -hmm. it's not really carting but how would you suggest somebody else try to dip their feet in it to see if they really like it or not yeah i mean i was at 35 when i got into it which is you know if you if you if you're not lucky enough to have your parents support you doing it you know in all reality or you're not in the industry mm -hmm. uh you know to where you've got some stuff then that's in all reality about the time in life that people might be able to have the finances to set aside and do it on their own. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of a common age to get into it really. And I think a Mazda Miata is much best bang for your buck and the most fun you can have. I mean, it's super competitive, uh, super, super, super competitive, but the fundamentals that it teaches you about having to roll speed, uh, you know, how to race with other people. There are so many people out there. Uh, the also being realistic with that, you take the, top two or three Mazda Miata drivers, you put them in the car I'm in right now, yeah. they're going to be the top two or three in this class too, because you have to be a hell of a driver there. But it teaches you great fundamentals. Everybody runs them, so they're relatively easy to work on, and it's pretty easy to have a, a car that stacks up mid-pack. You're going to have as much, <laughs> from, a com from a competition standpoint, you're going to spend just as much time getting the front run of the Mazda Miata, but mid-pack Miata racing is really fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I, I, I'm in the SCCA, I, I race B-Spec, yeah. and uh, I've got a chance to meet a lot of the um, Spec Miata guys, and yeah, it's just, it's amazing the people that are at the front, and how competitive it yeah. is, and how tight it is, and how close they run, yeah. just constantly. Yeah, it's it's close, I mean, that's what, uh, you know, Jim Drago is, oh, yeah, he's, I, so I he's from Drew. Memphis, okay, um, I didn't... yeah, and so he's a Memphis guy, and I used to go down and see his shop a lot, and still keep in touch with him periodically. You know, having race teams in the same city and like Jim a lot. He's got it figured out. He's got those things dialed in. Yeah. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, no, I enjoy all the and, and honestly, the SCCA stuff is so fun. Uh, you know, if I hadn't raced this year, if I hadn't worked this deal with Skip Barber, I was going to take my car and just enter some SCCA races, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I'd probably be out there racing against TA2 cars or somebody to race with, you know, shoot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is super. You can have a lot of fun, and, and even in my GT4 car or in a in a previous generation Carrera Cup car, all, anything really. If you got other people to race with, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think usually the top 15 or 20 spots on the grid here are separated within a second. Yeah. So I mean, it is super, super tight, and it doesn't have to be that tight to have fun. You know, in fact, a lot of times it's more fun having a spread of people because mm -hmm. you got more people you have to pass, and you can laugh <laughs> or something like that. But yeah. It's, there's always somebody to play with on tracks. So exactly. Like, yeah, no, that's, I've always had the best fun whenever it was back and forth and back and forth. And mm -hmm. just, just, I don't know, it's so exciting. Um, well, is there anything, I always want to make sure everyone has the opportunity to give thanks to anybody they want to give thanks. Is there anything you want to promote or anybody or any organization that you want other people to know about? Yeah, I mean, I think, Honestly, who's helped me in racing most up to this point is CMR Roofing Construction. Like they, they, and Steve Soule and Jay, Jay White, who I met them through NASCAR stuff, um, has been they they've been able to get me to a point I never would have gotten to without uh, their support, and that was hopefully by virtue of getting them some B two B deals too because they didn't support me for my speed. <laughs> They support me because we can hopefully get some that's, deals together. That's cool, though. That's the way it works. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a business at the end of the day. Even at the Formula One level, you, some people have to bring money. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, don't, I wouldn't be able to have these fancy cars and be at this level if it weren't for their support. And then obviously it's just my dad's been a great help, uh, Al Bacon and, and Chad and my whole family, because of their background to kind of help me. And, and not just as much. I mean, Tom Long's helped coach me a lot, and obviously I'm driving the Carter and Anthony, those guys at Skip Barber have been great. But I think it's more so of just um, the wisdom that comes with having good and bad days, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and not letting the highs get too high, the lows get too low. Tom has been, Tom Long's been a huge help. Him and Chris Valley worked together and drove the car in IMSA last year, and Tom's coaching me. He's the only coach I've ever worked with, and, uh, and now co-driving with Carter. So there's been a bunch of people along the way. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, that's the bulk of them. And really grateful, obviously, for Skip Barber now. Um, it's interesting how much not having to do the team owner perspective of things, mm -hmm. being able to just show up and drive. I joke, I'm like, well, that's at least a half a second a lap. And that's every bit true, right? Not worrying about the other side of things and who's taking care of the, the uh, hospitality for the sponsors, guests, and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's been great to couldn't pick a better organization to get with than Skip Barber to just focus on driving, working with Carter. Anthony's letting me show up at a couple of his uh, – licensing racing schools in the Mustangs and the amount of the amount of uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it I mean the amount of knowledge and, and technique I got out of that was amazing uh, I'm getting off on a little tangent but you know doing those racing day schools with Skip Barber and just going to drive their school cars I didn't realize how much some of my fundamentals had slipped <laughs> because driving the super will hide a lot, uh, right? You get a you get a big old Mustang that's got a bunch of rolling street tires on it. Well, all of a sudden, you know, a lot of things <laughs> that kind of go under the wraps there, and they may not cost much time in that car. They they show their head really quickly when your tires start squeaking every time you turn, and you know you're digging into the ABS and stuff. So yeah. a lot of just fundamentals and the weight transfer that you feel on those cars, yeah. that's been tremendously helpful because for somebody like myself, it's so um 
I, I don't, I don't, I'm not quite in tune enough to really tell it in that car. But obviously, anybody can feel it, you know, in, in, in one of the yeah. school cars. So yeah. it, it, those, that's been tremendously helpful, just to kind of have the opportunity to go out there and just focus on fundamentals, not lap times and position and stuff, because that's all you have time to do here, right? Yeah. There's no time to really worry about, I mean, you, you expect the fundamentals to just be there, right? Yeah. So have an environment to where you don't, I don't think I looked at a lap time. I don't, I don't even know if they keep lap times there. And, and that was um, really, really helpful. So for anybody that's getting into it, don't. Don't put yourself in a position. I did my, I did a bad job of this myself. So every time I got in, it was in the super and we were trying to get lap time out of it. You know, the pro go gets it right and you'll see how fast you can go. Uh, make sure you find some environments where you don't give a flip about the lap time. Uh, and you can, or at all, so you can go focus on trail breaking into turn two or whatever it may yeah. be. Just basic fundamentals and make sure you stay sharp on that. Mm -hmm. You know, golfers don't go to the range and just go play every round of golf and try to hit everything right all at the same time. They have practice rounds too, and I do a lot of analogies to golf with this stuff too. Yeah. Um, so, big thanks to Skip Bar because I wouldn't have had the opportunity to to do that if it weren't for them being so willing to kind of let me show up at whatever schools and seat time is seat time. At the end of the day. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah. Cool. Matt, man, it's been a pleasure yeah, getting to know you a little bit, man. I appreciate it. I want to thank you for listening to Driven to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. If you like the content, please share and like. But I have one ask for everyone listening. I would appreciate more than anything to add you to my weekly newsletter. Simply visit my website, driventocompete.com, and you'll see a form to get on my newsletter where I share exclusive content and giveaway swag.